Osiris. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a second to tell you about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com stormsound50 and use code stormsound50 to get 50% off your first box and along with two free wellness shots per box while the subscription is active. That's code stormsound50 at factormeals.com stormsound50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Always Almost There Live. It has been two months since the last time we did one of these, uh, you know, a little bit of an off season uh, for the summer for Goose, but we are back. Uh, you know, this is kicking off, you know, a pretty busy few weeks for us here on the podcast with Fall Tour kicking off tomorrow. And we're really, really excited to be able to, you know, bring in the season, you know, get back in the mood uh, with a very special guest today. We have Mr. Joel Cummins of Umphreys McGee in the house. Hi, Joel. What's going on, everybody? Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we are really excited to dive into uh, the recent shows where uh, our very own Spuds uh, filled in for Umphrey's drummer, Chris Myers. Uh, you know, he did six shows with you guys over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I listened to all of them. They sounded amazing. Really cool to hear him fit into your sound. And so we're really excited to dive in uh, and hear more about all of this from your perspective. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it. It was really, really cool to, uh, to be able to, you know, do this with Ben and, and to just, I don't know, get, get after creating something new together. He was way into it too. Awesome. Amazing. Hi, Neil and B. How are you guys doing? <laughs> doing good. Thanks for being on Joel and, you know, well wishes to Chris also hope things are going yes. well with this recovery. Uh, they are. Yeah. He had a successful surgery. We actually were able to have the, uh, the surgeon who does, uh, 
Tommy John surgery and all that for the Chicago Cubs uh, did it for him. So we had somebody who, uh, you know, was very, very well informed with rotator cuff issues. And uh, he's he's at home healing. And, you know, I know he's out of his sling now, so he's pretty stoked about that. Uh, you know, he can finally he's left handed. So he uh, had to learn how to do things right handed for the past month, which I oh, wow. I really wish I could have been around him more to experience that and, you know, <laughs> do a little do a little poking fun at him. But uh, yeah, we're, we're happy it went well, obviously, and really just, I think, kind of over the moon about all the support that we've gotten from the community and all these, um, you know, these people that Chris was like, oh, wow, like these these people like really, really like me. And we're like, yeah, man, they uh, <laughs> they're uh, they got a lot of respect for you. So, yeah. Um, so it was, it was cool, uh, to see that too, not just for us, but also for him, because I mean, that guy just works his ass off every night behind the kit. And, uh, you know, we knew it was going to be really challenging to do stuff without him. And so we, we really had to, uh, go for the A team to, to try to, uh, try to find somebody that, that can handle what he does. Awesome. Uh, well, well, let's kick things off here. You know, before we get into the specific shows that just happened, uh, let's go back, uh, turn back the clock a little bit to the beginnings of kind of the Umphreys Goose relationship. You know, when did you first meet Ben? I know that there was a sit-in uh, a couple of years ago, another show that uh, Chris unfortunately had to miss. Uh, but take us back. You know, when was the first time Goose flew across your radar? Yeah. So. It was the uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I can remember the name of this exactly, but it was uh, Suwannee Park in Florida in April of 2021. So it was really going to be our first show back in front of people. And uh, Chris had a side gig the week before and ended up getting COVID. <laughs> so uh, had the unfortunate experience of trying to uh, figure out how to put together a, uh, a set with uh, two days before we were going in there. And so we looked at who was playing and, um, and we saw the goose guys were playing. So we, we reached out to, to Ben at that point and he was down. I think he played making flippy floppy with us that day. Yes. And, you know, that's one of those, that's just such a fun cover to do. We uh, it's gotta be in our like top 25 covers played all time, you know, um, of, you know, I would probably have about 700 or something that we've done at this point, but um, yeah, just super fun one. And we knew that Ben would be able to lock in and totally crush it. So that was cool. So we, uh, you know, we had him up for that and got to uh, hang out with uh, the rest of the band that day too, which was also pretty fun. Um, you know, just whenever you get those, those backstage hangs and um, mm -hmm. in this case, you know, making some new friends. So we, we were into that. And uh, I think, I think it was holidays of that year that Ben and Sam also came to uh, that event. So we got to hang out with them a bunch at the end of the year too. Um, but then the, you know, the next thing that happened, I, I guess, take it all the way to 2023. And my, uh, my friend Fred Torfey and his band Big Light have done a New Orleans show over Jazz Fest the past couple of years. And he called me up and um, was telling me about how they had another local band play with them last year. And he's like, you know, do you know anybody who'd want to do it? And the whole time I'm thinking, it's me, it's me. I'm, <laughs> I'm your guy. I'm your guy. And uh, so Fred was actually the one I told him I would do it. And I'm like, okay, I'll find a drummer. I'll find somebody who's probably local 
to uh, to play with. I've done a couple shows, duo shows with Jason Hahn from uh, String Cheese Incident as well. So kind of in, in the spirit of that. And like a week after that conversation, the, the Goose was uh, headlining Days Between down in New Orleans came up. And our show was on Thursday and those shows were on Tuesday, Wednesday. And so Fred was actually the one who said to me, he's like, do you know, Ben, you should ask him. And I was like, oh, man. I don't know if he'd want to do it. I'm like, ah, I, I just, I'm, I might as well do it. Let's see if he's sticking around. And I wrote him and, you know, to my pleasant surprise, he was into it and was like, yeah, man, Sam and I were planning on sticking around New Orleans anyway. I don't have anything to do. So let's do it. And he was in and, you know, uh, the, the rest is history. We played like a two and a half hour set that night um, in New Orleans and just had a blast. It was really, really fun. And, you know, Ben's a guy who, um, is just so solid, does his homework and showed up super prepared, which made it even more fun for all of us. Um, and you know, I, I feel like at the end of the night, that night, you know, we're hugging each other. Love you, man. I love you. This is fucking sweet. It's yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, it was a really special night and, um, I was, I was, Super stoked that he was the one that ended up uh, playing drums on that. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, and then Resonance, obviously. Uh, that that was significant. You know, we talked a lot about that one uh, on our summer tour recap, which everyone can go listen to if they're so inclined. Uh, but from your perspective, how did that sit in come about? So, um, you know, I think we kind of, we'd, we'd all seen each other. We hung out a bunch at summer camp which uh, Goose played, you know, back mm -hmm. in May. And then uh, we saw each other again the next week. I was up at Electric Forest, so I was hanging out a little bit and, you know, got to kick it with everybody for a bit there too. So I feel like, you know, we just kept running into each other and it was uh, really nice of those guys to to come up with the idea to invite Jake and me up there. Um, so they, they told us at the beginning of the day, and of course where Resonance is has very poor uh, internet connectivity. Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, we're going to do the song Empress. And I'm like, Oh God, I got to download this or something because we need, <laughs> there's all these parts we got to go through. So Jake and I spent, you know, probably an hour, um, before the sit-in going through and, and kind of going through the form and documenting it. And then I was texting with Peter a little bit just to make sure, you know, we had the voicings or, you know, the, the progressions, right. Um, so, I would say compared to most sentences, it was really nice because Jake and I had the time that day to go through and really do a little homework so that when we got up there, we knew what changes were coming. And we kind of had an idea of the sort of things that we could add to the song that, that might give it a little, uh, you know, a little extra something. Yeah. And it did give it a lot of extra something. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, just a uh, fire, fire version. I love, I love that version so much. I thought you guys did such a killer job. I mean, both of you added so much to that song. And in fact, when we were talking about it on the pod, um, I think one of my wishes was, man, I, I kind of really hope that, you know, Rick and Peter kind of pick up on some of those fills and, and, and some of those, some of the, some of those nuances and things and, and add that in because it's, it, it sounded it, it, it definitely didn't sound to anyone. I don't think like you had just learned that song. I mean, just yeah. the, the stuff that was being thrown into it. I mean, it just, it sounded amazing. You guys, yeah. you guys really crushed it. You know, Jake is, Jake is such an inspiring player. So, you know, to hear him and, and, and Rick kind of, 
trade off and go back and forth was was really cool. Um, I was it was funny because I was playing the uh, the vintage vibe, which faces away from the stage for the first half of it, and I was yeah. like, I gotta switch over to the piano here so I can like see what's happening. <laughs> um, so yeah, the second half of it, I remember jumping in there and kind of um, adding this little progression on in the, the like the D dominant section there at the end that seemed to be really gelling with what uh, with what Rick was playing. So I remember that moment in particular being like, okay, now I finally I've got something that's like really into the harmonic glue here and kind of fitting with what's happening. And uh, I, I enjoyed that. But yeah, that was the first time I've really gotten to play a vintage vibe live. And I, um, I ordered one back in December and it just got delivered to our stone pony show in August. So I've had it now for the, uh, the past couple weekends of shows, but I was like, Oh, I'm definitely sitting down and playing this thing. So yeah, yeah I was, I was stoked to get in there and, you know, it's, it's nice because that song has so many different sections with kind of different feels in them that it really does make sense to have some different tones going on. So that you know progression of going from the vibe over the piano seemed to work pretty well as far as the section to section thing. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool because you know Peter doesn't play in a in a jazzy mode uh, a lot of the time, uh, and so getting you kind of throwing that in there gave a really cool different dimension to it. And it was funny Neil and I, you know, we we were at Peach that weekend, and and when that when the soundboards dropped, it was like the end of the the last night, and so we were back in the hotel listening to the Empress for the first time, and we were saying like, man, like. They must have, you know, decided this like a week ago. Like you and Jake sounded so well rehearsed for that. Uh, and then, you know, and then I asked you and you were like, no, like we that day. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think part of being in an improvisational band, you know, we've we've been together now for 25 years. And so your your ear, you know, if you work at it, it's like I can understand things now so much more quickly than I could even. Right. 10 or 15 years ago. And so it's just a constant sort of progression and continuing to learn and continuing to work on picking up on things more quickly uh, so that you can react live in the moment and do something cool. Right. Um, yeah. And it, that, you know, that language is obviously something when you mix a little bit of Humphreys and goose, you know, we, we understand what each other are doing and kind of what we're trying to accomplish and how, how we're trying to get there. So yeah. I think there's there's inherently that that sort of understanding right from the beginning and that that really that really helped those moments too. We had the framework of what we knew was going to happen and then it was about filling in all the colors in between. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, and I, I think that moment really struck me when you were all playing there. Like Rick was beaming. Obviously he really appreciates you yeah. and he appreciates Jake. And uh when they were kind of trading licks off at one point, it was I and mean, it was something else. It's it's mm -hmm. one of the best versions of that song that's been done all year. And, uh, well, thank uh, you. Yeah, I mean, it. absolutely killer. It, it was one of those uh, one of those moments. You know, not all sit-ins are great, and it was one of those moments. I remember walking off the stage, and I was like, "Man, I felt like something really happened there." You know, and like the the crowd was super into it too. So there was, yeah. um, you know, there was there was just a lot of um, synchronicity. I think happening mm -hmm. at that moment. Yeah, and I think all three of us have it on our jam of the year list right now. But we could talk about this Empress for hours and hours, of yeah, course. But of course. we're here. Uh, we're here to talk about you know Spuds playing with Umphreys uh, over the last few weeks. So tell us about you know 
when you when you figured out that Chris was going to need this surgery, uh, and and when you know that you were going to need these other drummers to fill in, like how quickly were you like, you know, let's call Ben? <laughs> so we made uh, the first thing we did was all of us just kind of racked our brains, and we made a huge spreadsheet with a list, and then we eventually kind of put people in order of like rank that we were going to ask them. Um, <laughs> But we had to have this huge spreadsheet because most of these people were out touring, right? right. And so it was kind of a, a chess game of being like, okay, well, this person's available this weekend, but not this weekend. So we need somebody here. Uh, let's check their all their tour schedules and see who is not working this weekend. So, I mean, it was a pretty wild couple days of like just getting who our wish list was sorted. Um, and I think... You know, Ben was way up there. Uh, you know, I obviously vouched for him and was like, I had a great experience with him. And, you know, he's come up and hung out with a bunch of the other guys in the band before, too. So I think there was there was kind of a good comfort level as far as our personalities already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we looked at the uh, the goose schedule and we're like, oh, they have off uh, a bunch of this time. So, um, yeah, he was he was. I, I think he and Dwayne were kind of the first people that we asked and we felt so lucky that they were both like, yeah, whatever we can do to help Chris out, man, you know, and help you guys out. So, um, so that was kind of, you know, that was kind of step one. And so from there, Brennan came up with this idea. He's like, you know, we have this uh, site called, called um, all things Humphreys where you can search the entire database and, you know, make, lists just like um you know i'm sure goose has this sort of thing too but you know the, uh, <laughs> the the fish database that people were used to using too i feel like that's probably the biggest one out there so um i made a list of all of the songs and like you know our most popular 50 originals that we've played for the past three months so that they would get an idea of here's what we've been playing the most that you know is probably yeah, you know, probably the most important stuff for us to learn. Immediately, there were a number of songs that we had to rule out because Chris has important vocal parts on them that Jake and I can't really cover while we're playing, you know? Right. So um, so there were a few things. I, I've, I've tried to pick up as much as I can. I've done a lot of the Chris background vocals on stuff, um, but there have just been a few songs where we said we couldn't do them or it was like, let's try it without his part and see how it sounds, you know? Um, so I think that it was funny. We asked Ben, we're like, you're like, Ben, do you, uh, do you sing? And he's like, uh, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we're like, on a butter rum. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what he said. He's like, I, I get two words. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, great. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So he was, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not your guy for, for singing. You guys got to handle that. So Ben's, uh, Ben's more of the, you know, happy birthday announcement guy. Yes. Uh, go see Doey Joey after the show. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of, that's, those are his biggest vocals. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. It's funny. We just had a thing this weekend that we, um, we realized, and uh, I hope this doesn't get back to Brendan, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say it anyway. We, Bob, our, Bob, our monitor engineer is like, he's like, God, he's like, Brendan is just so bad at introducing guests. He's like, Hey, hey, everybody! Why don't you give give a warm welcome for Ben? Like, say Ben from Goose, man. Like, you know, tell people who it is. Hey, right. 
Everybody give it up. Here's here's Claude Coleman. Wait, wait. Say Claude Coleman from Ween. You know? So so we decided this past weekend that um all all intros and good news, I have to say, and only allowed to announce bad news from all of them. Oh so good. Because he just he makes good news sound like bad news, you know. So um, that's hilarious. Yeah, but uh uh yeah, so we we sent Ben. This was Brendan's idea. He's like, make the make a list of like what are the fifty songs that we've played the most. Send it to him, and then he can kind of listen to them and pick from there. So we did this with most of the drummers, and so you know there are obviously some songs like Dwayne picked a few of the proggier ones, like Bridgeless. Um, what else? I'm trying to think what else he did. I think he did Plunger too, but Ben, uh, Ben picked Plunger, which is one of our harder tunes and absolutely crushed it. Did such a great job with it. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, bigger than anything, and this is what we told him, we're like, look, learn the parts and do what you can. And then we'll have another list of like 25 of our songs that are, that are on the easier side to learn. Right. Right. And we can kind of sprinkle those in and then, you know, we can pick a couple covers for each night that we can do. But our kind of modus operandi was that we, we said we intend to, like, take these out further than we have before with you. And, you know, yeah. we know you, you get that sort of vibe. And we've been really blown away with his patience and his ability to kind of... Um, keep something at a lower intensity and have these really nice gradual builds over time and just sticking in that groove and, and, you know, keeping with it. So I'm pretty sure this version of small strides that we did with him from Nashville is the longest version that we've ever played. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was, you know, like almost 20 minutes, maybe just under 20. Um, and in particular this, this night I, I was just loving it up there. I'm, you know, um, Brendan, we, we kind of hit back to the instrumental, uh, head section at the end and then vocals come in and Brendan kept just like egging Ben and Jake on to like, keep going. And so this last instrumental section, like the crowd is just going nuts and, you know, it just doesn't end. It was one of those really fun live moments that, uh, I, you know, I'll probably remember forever as being like. For the for now, the apex of this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's 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 really good insight. Um, I know we were curious about a lot of the kind of setless construction, um, you know, elements that go into to having guests and things like that. So, so just one more question about that. You mentioned some songs were kind of left off because of Chris's background vocals. Were there also some songs just because of the complexities? That, that were automatically kind of a no-go? Yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe we wouldn't have said no to any song that, you know, that that he wanted to learn for mm -hmm. sure. I mean, I've, I've done a, um, for if you know our like super heavy metal tune, Wizard Burial Ground, I've done a, uh, a duo keyboard. I was there for that. that was, yeah, that was you were there for that in Denver <laughs> with Jason, Jason Hand. So Jason learned it. And uh, it's like, okay, you know, he, this guy learned it and we did it as a keyboard drum thing. Like certainly uh, I think at some point somebody's going to play that with us. Maybe, maybe we'll, uh, we'll have to make Ben learn that for a, uh, a future show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that supposed to prompt your guys question. What future show? Yeah. It's well, it's, it's all <laughs> yeah. hypothetical, you know, we, 
anything can happen. Um, but you know, hopefully there's, there's not a further need, uh, for a guest drummer, uh, that Chris comes back, but we'd love to see further collaborations <laughs> yeah. in the future for fun. Yeah. Well, uh, let's just put it this way. There, there might be something else that, uh, that Ben can do with us, uh, before this whole little time period is over. So I, uh, I, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to say anything and, uh, and give it away here, but, um, you know, for those, those mixed Humphreys and Goose fans out there, you might have something to look forward to. That's very exciting. I think we're all excited about it. This is a good time to bring up Kev who couldn't be here. He's normally yes, on the podcast. One of our, one of our other co-hosts. One of the biggest Umbries fans I know, uh, one of the biggest Goose fans I know. So I know right now he's really, really excited. So, is this yeah, Kevin Brinkman? Uh, Kev, 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 one of our other uh, always almost there co-hosts who was oh, unfortunately, gotcha. or sorry, fortunately he's a teacher, but unfortunately that means he couldn't <laughs> join us this afternoon. Hey, uh, my parents were both teachers, so respect. There we go. All right, well. We're curious now. You kind of touched on, you know, you had a purpose that you wanted to jam things out. Obviously, less songs in a show, uh, easier for Ben to learn. Um, how, you know, I know Umphrey's improv, you guys have a whole system of signals and, and, and things like that. And so how did having a guest drummer, specifically Ben, how did, you know, integrating him into that kind of change the way that you uh, approach the improv? So I, I think the the big thing that, like I was kind of saying, was honestly really not talking about the improv too much other than like, here's where we're going to start. And if we have somewhere to go, here's where we're going to go. And that's right. it. You know, and sometimes it's like a stop cue to a guitar player or stop cue to me for the next song, whatever it is. So a lot of times we would say, you know, this one might work better as a build or this one might work better to get to like ambient space. Um, you know, to, if we're switching tempos, kind of drastically or something, you know, just because it's the first time we, we want to make sure we, uh, we get him started at the right tempo and there's right. not that kind of pressure. So there, there were some, um, some Brendan has done such a great job of kind of being the communicator to our drummers, um, live when we're playing. So mm -hmm. we have talk back mics up there. So, you know, we can all kind of the, it's kind of the dual purpose of cueing whatever's happening next or, you know, doing things in the moment where our LD Ben Factor will be able to hear like, okay, stop to both guitars coming up. And then he'll be able to nail the lighting cue yeah. with that improvisational thing. And, you know, for people who don't know what's going on, they're like, how did they do that? Was, that must have been written into the show, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I always like those kind of things. So, you know, we still definitely use quite a few live cues where we were doing stops and stuff. But, um, but yeah, Brennan would kind of, you know, give them little um, rhythmic things like, okay, the next thing here, here comes the triplet thing, you know? Uh, so um, he would have a little bit of an inkling of like, oh yeah, this is what's up next. Um, Cause he, you know, he did his homework and he knew what's happening, but a lot of times you get into the live moment and it's like, okay, right. what what's next? Uh, and being the drummer, you, you, you know, you don't want to lead him into a train wreck. So we wanted to make him look as good as possible. I mean, he, he did plenty himself, but, uh, but yeah, having Brendan kind of there as that sort of guardrail to make sure that we all get to the next thing together as tightly as possible was, was really helpful. And like Ben nailed 99% of the stuff. So it was, uh, it was, it was cool to have going into this. I mean, it, it was very sort of unsettling and, 
you know, just not knowing how things were going to go. And so, you know, both with, with Dwayne and Ben and now Jeremy Salkin as well, too. He played uh, one of the Miss shows with us last weekend. And Jason Bonham, of course, uh, we did the Zeppelin stuff with just, just now. Um, but having, like, after that first sound check, I don't think anybody was nervous. And it's just such a nice feeling to be able to, like, like oh, wow, we can still play shows um yeah because you know after covid nobody wants to be like okay well now we got to cancel three more months of shows you know right um yeah and all our wives were like (laughs) so um so yeah it's it's been great to be able to get back out there and you know um it also feels a little bit like consensual polygamy um because you know it was like we're, we're all doing this for chris right but it's also fun because we're like, oh, look, we could we could play with him and nobody's going to be mad at us. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully we'll have some uh, double drums when he comes back and be like, OK, we can we can share him with you now, Chris. It's OK. <laughs> awesome. That's really cool. So one of the things that struck me uh, listening, you know, the, we were going to talk about some jams in a minute, but and, and Ryan and I talked about this uh, as well before earlier today. There were times where where Ben doesn't sound like Ben. He sounds like Umphrey's drummer, um, at least to us, to our ears. And yeah. he doesn't sound like Ben from Goose a lot. And I thought that was really impressive. And did you get that kind of vibe up there that he really kind of was essentially like a chameleon and just put on the Umphrey's thing and was really trying to do the Umphrey's thing? Yeah, I, I think there's probably some of that. I mean, we, we've told everybody, you know, look, don't feel like you need to come up here and be Chris. Like, be yourself. Play these songs however you want. Nobody's going to be mad at you about the arrangement. And, like, I don't think any fans are going to be like, well, you know, he didn't play that fill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, right. that's not going to happen. These Everybody is here to experience something new and to, you know, I guess, in effect, allow Ben to kind of step out of that box a little bit of you're the drummer of Goose and to give him that freedom to be whatever he wants to be in the context of Humphreys McGee. Right. So I, I think that was an important thing that, you know, we've kind of shared with everybody that they, as they've set in with us, like, look, man, we're, we're going with your flow. We're just like, glad we're glad you're here so we can play a show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's hard. It's hard for me to say because I've only played with Ben and Goose once. So, right. you know, I don't know as much like what he sounds like with that. I think obviously, you know, Umphrey's sound is probably inherently a little more aggressive than uh, than the Goose sound. So, you know, might have allowed him a little more freedom to kind of let loose and and, you know, and get a little heavier, I would think. But yeah. uh but yeah, you know, I mean, I think the the main thing that we all kind of realized we're just, you know, we're there serving the songs and and just trying to put together a good performance. And it, it hopefully it will be something new. I don't want it to sound like I really don't want to play with these drummers and be like, oh, man, you sounded just like Chris. Like, I don't want that. You know, right. I want them to be themselves and, and to add their own, you know, musical taste and twist to whatever it is that we're doing. Mm hmm. That's really cool. And it was also cool to watch as, you know, the time went on with Ben, you know, we started like kind of just playing the second set or the last song of the first set. And then by the second night of the miss, you know, he was doing pretty much the entire show, except for, I think the first two songs. Uh, So it was really cool to watch him kind of get more and more. Were you teaching more songs the more time you spent with him? 
Yeah, exactly. So we were just kind of adding more to the catalog. And, and the other big thing was like, we didn't want to get him up there and to have him uncomfortable about songs that he was going to play, you know? So when we talked to the drummers originally, we basically said to him, we're, we want you to play like the second set in the encore. Mm-hmm. And Jake and Andy, uh, you know, our lead guitarists and percussionists are both also kit drummers. And so we've had them kind of do some of the more complex Humphreys arrangement tunes, kicking off the night with that and then bringing up our special guests. So um, that's sort of helped us keep the set list a little more, a um, little more varied as well. Um, because obviously, you know, the, the, the goal with the, the, the jam band on, you know, a four show run is, can we make it through four shows and not repeat a song? Right. And I think that first weekend we repeated staircase and that might've been it. Mm-hmm. There might've been one more, but I think that was it. So, um, yeah. So everybody has really done a great job of like adding a couple things here and there and, you know, even on the spot. Oh, I, this is a pretty cool story. So Ben, um, flying out to the Mish this weekend, ended up sitting next to this Humphreys fan, Tucker, uh, whose hundredth show was happening. And so, uh, Tucker ends up talking to him and tells him, he's like, you know, I asked the band for this, but I don't expect you to do it. But, uh, there's this song Paget's profile I've been chasing and I haven't caught yet in a hundred shows. Oh, wow. And so he asked Ben to learn it. And, uh, Ben showed up and he's like, yeah, I, I had this fan ask me about this song. Um, what do you guys think? And we're like, well, we know it. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, he learned it for him and we played, uh, we played this guy's hundredth, uh, hundredth show request. Uh, thanks to Ben. So I thought that was pretty cool of him to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm open to learn. It's a really strange kind of angular instrumental. So it's not one of those that's like just, you know, four, four start to finish. Mm-hmm. Really, really. So cool. yeah, that's good to know. Uh, so Jeff does not take requests uh, for Goose. So we, we know Ben's the guy we got to go to now. There we so. go. <laughs> now everyone knows. <laughs> you yeah. end up next Although, to Ben on a plane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was no better person to actually bring that up to, right? Because Ben yeah, is the guy yeah. who will honor that request. That's just yeah. in his nature. If it had been any one of us, we'd be like, oh, we can't make we can't make Ben learn that. That's just yeah. that's ridiculous, you know? <laughs> yeah, so that, that worked out. Yeah, so uh, definitely uh, ask Ben for all your goose requests. Sorry, Ben. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> now we know. Uh, well, let, let's dive into some of these jams here. You know, you picked three uh, that you wanted to highlight here uh, from the show. So let's start with the the staircase uh, from August 24th. This was in Huntsville, Alabama, I believe. For the yep. first show of the run. Second set opener. I remember I was listening to the stream uh, and, you know, having, you know, talked to you already a couple times this year uh, about, you know, Umphrey's improv and stuff. And you kind of emphasizing, you know, like you haven't been going to the 20 minute mark a lot recently. You know, there's been a lot of shorter jams uh, packing a lot into a, a shorter duration. And so when this one immediately went to the 20 minute mark, I was like, okay, like this is really cool. And it, it yeah, was yeah. And, and this is big for us too, because the composed part of staircase is only like three and a half minutes long. So mm-hmm. it really is a, a pretty lengthy uh, jam segment here. Um, and yeah, it was, it was great. We were all excited and Ben was obviously ready to dive in and, you know, we, we hit a bunch of different themes. We changed keys a few times and, um, it was one of those where I was like, oh man, everybody's listening. We can all hear each other. This is, this is super cool. So, um, 
yeah, great example of, of Ben kind of just continuing to, to push us along there. And um, I was very pleasantly surprised to see that it was 20 minutes long when I looked back. Yeah. Awesome. You guys got anything to add on that one? <laughs> well, I just say this is like our pretty much our newest, uh, newest single that we put out earlier this year and um, a really cool collaborative tune, mostly between um, Ryan and Brendan. And I added a couple things in a, a little bit later in the process. Uh, but it's been one that we've just really started to open up a little bit this summer. So uh, to, to get Ben in there on that and to make this one kind of the, the, the first big, uh, you know, groove dance improv party was really special for us. Mm-hmm. The, the point about it being uh, recent is good. Neil, I know you, you had noticed that uh earlier among the the three that you picked yeah they're actually all three um new tunes staircase this year and then small strides and hiccup are from our most recent album asking mm-hmm. for a friend. well let's talk about uh small strides here this one uh is from Asheville salvage station uh on august 26th take us through you know how did you feel about this one so um we we talked a little bit about this uh earlier here but um Listening back to it, I remember making a little note, like it kind of really goes to another level at about 10 minutes. And uh, Jake has this this great lead that he does. Um, and this one, I feel like has maybe like three different kind of sections that, you know, that build up and then break back down. And then we do a key change. And, um, and you know, my... Um, I was very excited listening back my, my one contribution. We had kind of a two chord thing going back and then I threw in the four chord and then we end up building up this big progression using uh, that, you know, one flat seven, four thing. Mm-hmm. Another one that Jake does probably, I think that's at about the uh, 14 or 15 minute mark. Um, and then I believe we ended up staying. I mean, I'd love to see like, you know, the Michael Hamad jam chart of uh, this right. one. Cause I think, <laughs> This one had multiple key changes and just felt really playful and um, a very, I don't know, a very unusual way too of getting back to the root. And then, you know, as we were talking about that, this kind of uh, slow bubbling build and then it just the, that final groove just explodes. And, you know, I'll, I'll just never forget that moment. Look it out the crowd and just seeing like everybody just losing their minds. It was awesome. Uh, so I, I think. I think this small strides is probably my favorite thing that we did over the first six shows here. No, I'm super glad okay. you said that because we talked about this a bunch, Ryan and I. And so I made like a little playlist of, of these jams that we were talking about and listened to it a few times. And uh, this is the one that like, I just kept coming back to. It's, it's a, it's a really cool jam and I'm a sucker for like a multi-parter. And anytime you get like kind of big changes in a jam, like absolutely love it. And, this one's really cool. It's it's dynamic and it's got a lot of good stuff to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Neil and I are on the same page as usual. Uh, <laughs> this is this is probably my my favorite as well. And just you know, well, I think what was really cool about this, and you know, Joel, we talked about this a little bit before we, before we came on the air, but um, you know, I, I'm much more familiar with you know a lot of your older catalog, and so um, it was kind of cool to hear all these more recent shows and hear some of these songs that I hadn't heard before. Um, 
but yeah, all, all three of these of these GMs you you picked out uh, were, were so good. But yeah, I think this was also my favorite. Very cool, very cool. And for a little extra credit, if somebody's looking, I also I had kind of a hard time picking out that this last one uh, hiccup was the the last one that I picked mm-hmm. there. But um, the plunger that we just did from the encore of the last mish was really fun, and pure saturation. Um, I think from the Thursday of the Mish run, I really dug that too. Um, and there are a couple, there are a couple other, uh, you know, nuggets in the, the Asheville and the Chattanooga shows that I was really getting into, but I think that would probably round out my top five from mm-hmm. uh, what we've done with Ben so far. Awesome. Well, yeah, you mentioned the hiccup. Of, oh, oh yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, speaking of, of jam. So I was at the, the Pembroke mass show at Soundcheck. Yeah. Uh, Ryan and I were both there. And not been on drums that day, but I think one of the coolest things I've seen in a while was um, watching Jake on drums for for Slacker. That was like amazing. I had no idea that he was capable of that. Uh, he he I just be, wanted to point that out while we were talking about this. Yeah, he would be the star drummer in most bands. You know, I mean, he's he's that good behind the kit. And um, our writing process, when I get together with Jake, what we usually do is, um, you know, I'll try to come up with like a chord progression or riff. And he'll play drums to start. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll do all of the ba- like you know demo tracking, trying to get through an arrangement that we've created with me on keys and him on drums, and then he'll go back and add bass and guitar after that. Right. So, That's so cool. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's fun. I I definitely remember mentioning this to him kind of early in these uh, runs here. I'm like Jake, man, this is like totally giving me studio vibes. I, you know, I, I love Jake's pocket. He's got such a great pocket um, that makes it really easy to, to play to. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, he hits really cool. the drums really hard. I, I mean, that was the thing yeah. that struck me most in the moment. I was like, holy shit. Like, you know, this guy's <laughs> not, you know, an everyday drummer and he's hitting the drums that hard. I mean, I guess when you got like one song to start off, you just like go big. Yeah. Like, you can just go for it. Right? Exactly. There's, yeah. there, there's no pacing yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was funny. We got into, um, I think it was Resolution, maybe. I mean, it was almost like a 20-minute version of Resolution with him on drums from, uh, it was, uh, I'm not sure which run. I think it was earlier in the Ben stuff, so probably two weekends ago. But I, I couldn't believe it. And I, like he just kept going in this one jam, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, I would not have made it half that long, you know? he's mm-hmm. He's just... He's an incredible musician who's, you know, great at multiple instruments. That's that's awesome. Um, well, let's let's highlight our uh, your your third jam here that you picked here, which is the hiccup from the Mish. Uh, you know, you mentioned honorable mentions. I'd like to give a shout out to the the Mish attachments for being twenty minutes and my favorite song. Uh, yeah. But let's talk, let's talk about this hiccup here. Okay, so um, I picked this one because uh, Jake actually reminded me of this after the show. He was like, "Oh yeah, we ended up." coming up with this kind of cool theme. Um, and I'm trying to think of what song it reminds me of right now. Da, 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 da. So it's uh, some Beatles song, but um, it was this cool, like sort of major 70 riff mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that we had. And um, I was able to lock in on it with him for a little bit early on. And then we kind of hit a B section for that. And then we go on to something else completely different. But Hiccup is another one, uh, newer song from Asking for a Friend. And I think this might have been maybe like the third or fourth time we've done it with improv. Uh, two of them with Ben and I think two of them with one of them with Dwayne and one of them with Chris. 
Got it. Very so, cool. Um, so yeah, this is kind of this new improv thing for us. And we're just really tacking it on to the end of the song as opposed to doing something in the middle of it. Um, but starting off with this, you know, this big D major seven chord, which is not very typical for Humphreys. It's a little, little happier than we usually are, you know? Um, but, uh, I really liked the kind of uniqueness of that. And Ben was also doing, he was doing some just really nice understated, um, uh, Tom work and, and things underneath the first section of that improv that I really dug too. So that was another reason why I wanted to pick that one to kind of showcase, not just his, you know, ability to play bigger dance grooves, but also be really, uh, really subtle. And I, I think that really, honestly, going back to your previous question about like, how did he affect the improv? I think we felt like we had permission to be really dynamic and, to bring some things down lower than I think typically we would be comfortable with. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, thank you for that, that kind of insight uh, <laughs> into that. Uh, and now we are curious. We do have it. We have a question uh, that we, we did. We didn't prep you for here. Uh -oh. um, we're okay. curious, you know, knowing his, you know, his love of potatoes, we're curious wow. if he was able to add the potatoes to the Umphreys rider. Uh, you know, we didn't get the potatoes onto the rider, but he, I know for a fact, he had a couple, uh, good breakfast with some breakfast potatoes. Um, there was definitely some, uh, some catering one or two of the nights where I noticed there were some potatoes there. So, uh, his love for potatoes did not go, uh, unsaturated. And, uh, I think, you know, I, I hope he knows that, that we respect the potato, um, just like <laughs> he does. Um, <laughs> A side note, I went skiing with a bunch of friends this past winter in Sun Valley, Idaho. And one of the nights when we stayed up way too late and were just acting like idiots, we came up with the idea of like, oh, my God, in Idaho, man, you just you got to stay away. You got to watch out for big potato, man. Big potato <laughs> fucking crush you. You know, you get in their way. So, yeah. So, you know, it's it's nice to uh, have the actualization of uh of, of spuds enjoying his potatoes and, and knowing that, uh, knowing that we can, we can help with his love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not a bit, you know, it's like, it's a it's, thing it's that a just goes thing. on. Like the potato thing is like really a thing. Uh, yeah. but that brings up, I guess, like a more serious question of, uh, what's it like, you know, it's not a sit in when you, when you have a guy out there for six shows or whatever, what's it like being on tour with a guest and like, how does that <laughs> change things as a band? Yeah, well, all the people that we've had so far have just been so awesome to hang with, you know. So Dwayne is, you know, we've been friends with Dwayne for a long, long time. And um, it, it just, it, there, there's there's kind of a, a brotherhood there. And I think with Ben, it's sort of the same thing where, um, you know, he's he loves hanging too. And so that's honestly 75% of the gig, right? Like 25% of it, you're making music, maybe a little more because we actually have to look like run everything now. So maybe it's uh, 65, 35. But, um, you know, you have to be able to get along with people and to be able to roll with the punches and, and you know, if things change. And, and Ben is so good at that and just made it really seamless. Um, so, yeah, it's it's nice to know that we we picked some people who took the music seriously, but that also came out and like really brought some joy to it. 
Mm -hmm. Amazing. Uh, well, do, anything else from you guys uh, before we wrap up? Wow. Yeah, I just wanted to, just a reminder to everybody to go check out these shows on Nugs. Um, yeah. And I don't know, Neil, have you shared your, have you shared your playlist? Uh, that might be something people might want to check out as well. Joel's um, favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And, and maybe, yeah, maybe we can get, we can get, make sure all the Joel's are on there too, which I'm sure they probably already are, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I just, I mean, I guess my, my final thought would just be, you know, a massive thank you uh, to you, Joel, for, for coming on. This is really cool. And just, mm -hmm. just your, I've, I've always appreciated your, you know, your social media presence and your, your interactions with fans and, you know, so just a real treat to, to actually get a chance to, to kind of meet you a little bit more in person today. And, and yeah, we're so thankful to that you came on the pod. And so, yeah, be best of luck uh, with everything moving forward, man. Uh, well, thank you very much. Really appreciate y'all having me and, and uh, you know, checking out the music and, and helping support live music. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it's been it's been great. You know, this is now our, our third podcast this year, which is pretty cool. I'm sure there will be another one. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're we're really excited. Also, you know, Neil is the only one of us that will be at the show tomorrow. But Goosefall Tours kicks off in Boston tomorrow, which is very, very exciting. Uh, you know, we've got we've got over the next few weeks, lots of shows coming up. And of course, that means we will be doing our day after show live podcast the day after every single show at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so don't forget to tune in for those. I know, uh, Joel, I heard a rumor that you may be attending one. Uh, yeah, I, I may be. If I'm in town, I will certainly try to make my my presence known. Not too known, just a little bit. Known. Right. Just just a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a hint, if you will. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again so much for being here today, Joel. It's again, just echoing uh, what B said. It's been an absolute pleasure to get to chat uh, with you about all this stuff. Looking forward to, uh, you know, hearing how the rest of the, the drummer collaborations go and whatever future collaboration with Ben that you may have hinted at. Um, yeah. Very mm -hmm. exciting. Mm -hmm. It is exciting stuff, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Always Almost There. We will be back on Thursday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern to talk about Boston Night One, and we will see you then. Cheers, everyone. Hi, I'm Dave Gebro. I threw my career as a licensed hearing instrument specialist in the trash, sold my house, and created the ultimate music obsessives podcast, Discograffiti. Each episode of Discograffiti features an eclectic and wide-ranging slew of cool musicians doing long-form deep-dive interviews in which we rate either their favorite band's output or their own from zero to five stars. From Mike Watt rating the Minutemen to Terry Kirkman from The Association, Bob Nastanovich on Pavement, Bob Forrest on The Band, Bob Mayer on The Replacements, and Lou Barlow on The Zombies, each new guest swings a hard left into an area you either had no idea you needed to know about or know all about and can't believe you're not alone out there. Coming up, here's who we've got on the program. The Lemon Twigs, Robert Schneider from The Apples in Stereo, the Dedrick siblings from The Free Design, Joel Sel on mother-murdering superstar drummer Jim Gordon and a record-breaking 20-hour interview with the great Michelle Phillips about the mamas and the papas. You're not going to want to miss it because there's nothing quite like it. Don't let your youth go to waste, lads and ladies. Discograffiti. Subscribe. 
Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast.